Happy Monday, everyone. I hope your week is off to a really good start. So last week, if you'll remember, in my conversation with Carla Jean, I keyed up that today's episode is my most personal yet, and it is. Today, I am talking with Katie Storino, body positivity and size inclusivity activist and the author of the new book, Body Talk. Now, I have struggled with my weight since childhood, and I likely always will. I know I've mentioned on the show that in 2019 and 2020, I have lost 85 pounds. I've gained 30 of them back, and it's just a struggle for me, a constant struggle, and it probably always will be. Reading Katie's book is one of the first times I felt truly seen in regards to my body issues. Katie talks in the book about childhood trauma around her size, which I too experienced at the hands of a family member. She talks about the painful moment when she realized she didn't have a body. She felt as though she was her body. And the moment she realized her body wasn't acceptable, that her body wasn't quote unquote right. She talks about being above a certain size in the fashion industry, toxic body messaging, and the horrible things she said to herself. I can certainly relate. But then she takes her power back and reminds us that you don't have to fix yourself to deserve love, that her appearance doesn't determine her worth, and that she is done apologizing for her body. By doing this, Katie gives me and anyone else who reads courage to do the same. I am so thankful that today's teenagers get to grow up in a world where there is a Katie Storino, where there is a Lizzo, an Ashley Graham, a Jennifer Lopez, a Kim Kardashian. When I was a teenager, and no disrespect to these women, this isn't their fault, it is society's fault, Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan and Christina Aguilera were the standards of beauty. And I'm still recovering from the shame of societal expectations. So take a listen to this conversation and thank you, Katie, for being you. Today is a great day because I get the absolute honor and privilege of welcoming Katie Storino to I'd Rather Be Reading. Katie's incredible book, Body Talk, comes out May 18th and there's so much to say about it and we'll get there. But if you don't know who Katie is, first of all, you should. But allow me to tell you a little bit about her. Katie is a literal legend in the body acceptance and size inclusivity movements. It is because of advocates like Katie that the needle is moving forward. She is an entrepreneur, a style influencer, a fierce animal activist. Her movements, hashtag supersize the look and hashtag make my size have attracted global media attention. And thank God for it. It's about time we have these conversations. She is also the founder of innovative beauty brand Mega Babe and is a podcaster herself as the host of, of Boob Sweat, which is words I never thought I'd say on this podcast, which takes on taboo topics like divorce, Botox, and so much more. She is simply a force, and it is seriously my honor to have you on the show today. Katie, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Honor. So Katie, this book is so personal to me for so many reasons. I cried through most of it as it is just so relatable to me. So much to say, but let's start here. Why write this book? I wanted to give women the opportunity to take some of the like little hits of 
confidence or the hits of um, change that they feel coming their way from social media and give them an offline experience to really dive into their own journey and, and their own healing and help them further their own conversations about their body. Um, and I think that, I think social media is so important for people to, to like see representation and to connect with other people. But sometimes I think that the space can be quite noisy and the opportunity to sit there and process your own stuff was a big opportunity, was great. Yeah. So why is, why are the body acceptance and size inclusivity movements so important to you? Well, I think that we, I think that we, we sometimes can pick a career that fills the void that we never had or does the thing that we didn't have so that we create it for other people that, that, that they don't have to feel so alone. Um, and that was the case for me. I think that I just want to make girls who don't have the societal perfect body feel like they belong too, and they can be stylish too, and they deserve love and they can wear clothes. And um, I just, I want that cycle to change. And I want our future generations of women to feel better about themselves from a young age. So they don't have to like make this big discovery um, you know, halfway through their lives that they are actually okay with their bodies. And I don't want people to waste their time. I'm 34 and I just had that discovery probably within the last year. So I wish I would have had this book as a child. And speaking of childhood trauma, in the book you write about childhood trauma around size and how it affects us as adults, you share a heartbreaking moment when you realized your body, quote unquote, wasn't acceptable. So would you tell our listeners about that moment? Yes, I think, I think, unfortunately, all women have this moment. And for me, for me, it was, I was uh, nine years old, and I was put on a diet. And I didn't understand why I was being put on a diet, why a doctor was handing me this like, sheet about calories and like, like foods to eat, foods not to eat. And I I just, I didn't understand if that's just something every kid had to do now or what, but it certainly didn't seem like every kid had to do this. So that was, that was the first indication for me that my body was doing something that was not right and not normal. And if you look back at a photo of a nine-year-old girl, you think about a nine-year-old girl, you, um, you really see what a child they are. And you, and like, personally, I find it really hard to think about speaking to a little child about their body. Yeah, I'm nine years old. I mean, that's just, that's disturbing. I, I think that I'm thinking back to my own childhood. I was, I got really tall when I was in elementary school. I had a, I'm only five, seven now, but I had a growth spurt. So my body was always a little bit different than my peers, but in the beginning it was height. And then, you know, we won't go into it on this show, but some trauma happened when I was in middle school and then it became my weight. That was the issue. And, you know, and that was when I was 13, 14 years old. I thought that was young. Nine years old is just heartbreakingly young. And one of my biggest takeaways from this book, and I need listeners to hear this, is that your appearance does not determine 
your worth. You don't have to fix yourself or lose 50 pounds to deserve love. You are enough as you are. How can we equate worth with more than appearance? I think, well, I think for one thing, if we start, it's just like with social media, I think a lot of things have changed in society and in business because of social media. So if we, as women start to like together, determine our own worth and decide what's important and what's not important, the rest of the world will follow along. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm just so tired, Katie, of apologizing for my body, you know, and, um, I often say to myself, if I spoke to others the way I self-talk to myself, I would have no friends. I would have no relationships because who would want to hang around the way that I self-talk to myself? No one would be, no one would stay, you know? And so negative self-talk is so damaging. And we, so, as you say in the book, so often rob ourselves of opportunities because we feel inherently that we don't deserve them. So this is such a broad question, but how can we love ourselves better? I think it is, it is a broad question, but it is the important question. And it is the first step towards body acceptance is, is really realizing that like you're wasting your energy and your time and a perfectly good life on hating your body. So I mean, my first step towards, towards body acceptance is to really, like you said, notice the way you talk to yourself. And then say, whoa, I'm actually quite mean to myself. Like I need to curb that. I need to, I need to stop that behavior. And you know, the first way to stop that behavior is to notice it. So I think that's like an easy first step that anyone can take. Um, It doesn't involve a lot of going back in time or finding your mascot, which we do in the book, finding that little girl who didn't have bad feelings about her body. Um, I think that, I think it really is about identifying what you are saying to yourself and then you can get into the whys later. Yeah. So you write in the book about feeling quote unquote, too fat to be a working professional in the fashion industry. Katie, I feel this every day. I often write about clothes that I'm unable to even fit into. That happens all the time. How have you forged on when honestly, sometimes it feels like this industry, even today, and there has been progress made, but even today, this industry doesn't seem to want women over say a size eight to even be a part of it. That's absolutely true. I think that there are there, like you said, there's so many changes being made. And I think, I think the fact is that like, once you realize that your body is not the problem and you, you kind of stand back and look at the system and the system, which, which fashion and clothing and like the sexism and, um, gender superiority and, and all of the things that women are, are put through, you realize that like, it's not just about clothes and it's not just about like giving, giving her something to wear or telling her what size she needs to be. It really is about keeping women and keeping women down and keeping women focused on the wrong things. So therefore I have kind of I think I've kind of distanced myself from the concept of like after accepting my body, of course, because then I would certainly was not able to do that before, but if a blazer doesn't fit me, it's not my body that I'm feeling bad about. I'm looking at that brand and I'm like, what is this? Like, like either I, either you said this was my size and it's way too small for me, or 
you only go up to a size 12 and this yeah. is how big you think women are. This is the biggest woman you want to dress and I can't get it over my wrist. That <laughs> then I look, I look to the brand for responsibility and I say, who owns the brand? Who's working at this brand? Like, what, what are you trying to do? From a purely business perspective, Katie, it's never made sense to me why brands don't go above a size 12 because most of the female population is a size 16. So from a purely economical standpoint, why wouldn't they do that? It just, it's never made sense to me. I know it. And I'm, and I'm with you. And I think that, I think actually that, um, an interesting thing is that women who are above a size 10 or 12, uh, really had no options 10 years ago. Oh, I and remember. Then, I remember. Yeah, same, same. And now we do have options, but um, I think that we've gone through, we're forgetting about the fact that diet culture is everywhere and that you're eventually, you're told that eventually you will get rid of this body. You will lose this weight. Therefore, do you really want to invest in clothes at this size? There's this hurdle that is, I believe a real hurdle and that clothing makers think, well, she's not, she doesn't want to buy this dress. She's fat. She doesn't want to spend this money on a dress. She's fat. She's going to want to lose that weight and then buy a dress. This is a real mentality in the fashion industry. And I think that that mentality has in some part been put on women in general. And they're like, I'm not going to buy anything until I lose weight. I'm not going to spend money on this body. So there's this, I think that there is a mental hurdle for many women who will only buy fast fashion because they don't believe that they deserve quality clothes because this is their temporary body. I'm, I'm guilty of that. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so interested to know what are your feelings on terms like fat and plus size and basically all of the terms I hate. What do you feel about them? <laughs> What do you feel about them? I hate them. I mean, I feel like if I were to be called fat, I would, and maybe this is an issue I need to work through, but that I would dissolve into a puddle. That is the ultimate Achilles heel insult for me. And plus size, I just think, you know, that's, it's just, I find it to be a reductive term and um, even extended sizing. I just, you know, I just, why can't we just call it sizing, you know? And so, um, yeah, yeah, that's my thoughts. But what do you think? Well, I well, what what you just said, if someone called you fat, you dissolve into a puddle. That's exactly it. Fat has been the biggest insult that you you can be mean, but you cannot be fat. Like you can oh. be lazy, you can be anything, you can be anything, but you cannot be fat. And the that's ultimate the insult. Yes, it's the ultimate insult to any woman. Yeah. So what is that? That we've got women. Like they'll do anything to not be called fat. And this is women of any size. They're like, this is the size six who's like, who's like, oh God, like I, I don't want them to think I'm, I've gotten fat. I better lose weight, get to the four. Like this is all women. And uh, I think the fact that we've allowed fat phobia to like infiltrate, not we've allowed, but that it's basically been pushed at us so that anyone who wants to has control of us. All they have to do is threaten us with the word fat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm terrified of, of being called that. Like I, I live in fear of being called that. And it's just a word, right? 
but just the it's just a word, but it's much more than a word. So much more than that. Yeah, the the yeah, just the 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 depth of the meaning and the the vitriol in my mind behind that word is. Just, and I think that's something I've been classically conditioned to hate since I was a child. You know, that's always been one of my biggest fears. And um, I, I want to ask you, you know, as we talk more about body acceptance, is the is the pervasive toxic body messaging getting better? Are you seeing improvement from where you sit? Um, yes and no. I think from my small corner of the internet and the world, um, it feels like yes. Uh-huh. But then I step out into like, you know, regular TikTok or like, I, I don't mean the middle of, of the country, but if you get out of like, if you get out of like my little bubble and I go somewhere else, um, I feel like I see diet culture and I see anti-fat jokes and, um, I don't know, things like that are so, they're so prevalent and they're very acceptable and they're very accepted. Um, so yes and no. And I think that that's why I choose to live in this world because you get to choose your reality to an extent. And I surround myself with, um, positive people on the internet. And I, I have cut people out of my life who make me feel bad. And I've just, I've done a lot to curate like a positive life around me that makes me feel supported and good. So healthy. I love that. So my last question for you and listeners, please get this book, Body Talk, May 18th. Please get this book. I can't recommend it highly enough but today as you sit here with me you are evolving and evolved and you've grown so much in in terms of loving your body and loving yourself what would you tell that nine-year-old Katie about loving herself I would say that I would say that her body is perfect as it is she is healthy she is normal, that not everyone is going to look the same, that she deserves love and that she will find love and that not everyone is going to like her either, but not everyone likes everyone. I think that there's this misconception that if you're a small blonde person, then uh, everyone likes you, but that's not, that's not true because the small blonde person doesn't feel like everyone likes them. I, I think that it's much more about living the life you want to live and not taking in other people's opinions or feelings and that actually everyone just vibes off of your own confidence and and if you accept yourself people feel that and then suddenly people kind of accept you and and they don't really know why because they don't feel like you're like you're easy to prey upon because you know who you are hard to tell a nine-year-old that they know who they are but at least you can you can tell them to be proud of who they are. Yeah, absolutely. I just hope everyone listening, whether you're a size two or a size 12 or a size 22 is hearing what Katie is saying, because you don't need to wait until you are X, Y, Z pounds to love yourself, love yourself. Now life's too short, not to. So Katie, thank you so much for being here. My goodness. We've come a ways with 
body acceptance and size inclusivity movements, but my oh my, do we have so far to go. So listeners, this is a deeply personal topic for me, if you couldn't tell. And I encourage you again to no matter your size, take part in the body acceptance movement in whatever way you can. It matters. We are all worthy and deserving. Thank you again, Katie. The book is Body Talk out May 18th. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Katie, for coming on the show for that cathartic conversation and for this book. So listeners, I wanted to offer up four companion books to Body Talk, three newly released books and one classic. If you're interested in learning how to stop comparing yourself to others, which who among us is not, I highly recommend Comparisonitis by Melissa Ambrosini. Comparisonitis addresses, quote, our urge to compare and what it's doing to us, end quote, and introduces symptoms of this illness like linking your self-worth to things outside yourself, toxic self-talk, feeling stuck, hot, bubbling emotions, feeling behind, competition culture, extreme self-consciousness, social media overkill, an attitude of ingratitude and general unhappiness. I check every one of those boxes from time to time. Now we've heard it said before, comparison is the thief of all joy. And this book helps give you steps to cure your comparisonitis, starting with awareness and the choice of a different path, elimination, and finally shifting your state. It's a great read. Actress Casey Wilson's The Wreckage of My Presence is a memoir of essays that tackles a lot of topics about Casey's life, but also issues around her weight. Listen to this passage. Quote, when people shame you for your size, they succeed in reducing you to the smallest version of yourself emotionally. And I collapsed under that scrutiny. End quote. Casey walks us through struggling with food addiction and tells fantastic stories of her life. I recommend this book as well. And I've also really enjoyed reading recently Jess Connolly's Breaking Free from Body Shame. But the ultimate book on this topic, in my humble opinion, is Women, Food, and God by Janine Roth. I found out about this book from none other than Oprah. Not in a personal conversation, obviously, I wish, in my wildest dreams, right? But this book has changed my life forever for the better. Kind of like Tiny Beautiful Things, this book was so raw and close to the bone for me that I had to take it little by little rather than inhaling it as I normally would. Please, if you've ever struggled with body issues, read this book, whether you're a woman or a man. As we close this episode, I want to remind you that you are enough, you are worthy, and you are beautiful right here, right now. Read these five books and feel empowered. So what are you reading and why do you love it? Email me at hello, I'd rather be reading at gmail.com and let me know. And we'll be back on Thursday with our next batch of Thursday three with a new special guest that I can't wait for you to meet. And in the meantime, take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the show. It does help others find what we're doing and build our I'd Rather Be Reading community. Thank you so much for being here today. Such a personal episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And this week and every week, remember your worth. Talk soon.